do 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 all right here we go my name is todd adams this is kathy adams welcome back to zen parenting radio this is episode number 217 sweetie okay do you want to know what zen parenting radio is sure zen parenting radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad we have three daughters ages 7 10 and 11 and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parently a parent Apparently a better parent. But more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Will you turn my headphones up a little bit? I'm having a hard time sure. hearing When myself. I move this, though, sometimes crazy things happen. Is, Hello. That, is that you? That is a louder. Is that you? It's not me. There we go. That's me. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Much better. Now we're back to full go. So our motto, sweetie, what is it? Uh, I got to turn mine down now. The best predictor of a, of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. That's exactly right. So um, we have uh, an announcement, right? As yes. far as our show. Yes. Why don't you uh, okay. explain what this announcement is? Thank you. So our announcement is that we are going to... Are never going to do it again. <laughs> we are going to have two shows a week. So basically what that means is we're either going to have a Zen Parenting show on Tuesday and a Conversations with People We Love show on Friday, which we've been doing for a year. Or we're going to do a Zen Parenting show on Tuesday and then another Zen Parenting show on Let's Friday. Just, yeah, on Friday. Because I think earlier we said Thursday, but it'll Let's just, just be Friday. Let's just always do it Friday. Okay. So what that means is we will consistently be doing two shows unless Todd travels or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like we are most likely going to have two shows every week. That's our new plan. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Because it stemmed from a conversation that we had last week, which was we asked our listeners, do you want us to go longer? And a lot of them said, absolutely, keep yeah. going. Yeah. And um, so th- we're trying to take that information mm-hmm. and give what our listeners want. So instead of going for an hour on a Tuesday, we're going to instead... Have a typical show. Have a typical show and then have a second Another show. Another show. So. So, it, you know, so really it's only about two new shows a month because we're doing conversations with people we love usually twice a month. Right. So, but regardless, the new plan is two shows a week in some way, shape, or format. So subscribe, people. Oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. So, yeah, that, that's kind of like my new thing. Um, if, you, if you like us on Facebook, thank you. If you get our uh, email newsletters, thank you for being a subscriber. But really the best way to make sure that you don't miss out on anything that's going on with our show or any blog that Kathy might write is by subscribing on our website. And what does it say? It says something like subscribe to... I think it just says subscribe to our website and you put in your... Uh, not not We said that last time. Yes. Subscribe to your website. You don't subscribe to the website. Yeah, you get on the website. You get on the website. You subscribe. You put your email address says, in the box. It says subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio. And then you're going to get emails when shows pop up. That's right. So then you don't have to worry about finding them. But yeah. you can also subscribe on iTunes. There's many different ways. Yeah, or if you're already a podcast listener and you consistently know what you're doing. Like some people are on Stitcher and yeah. they just have it boot up. But, yeah, um, your podcast app, you but, can subscribe. But the difference is to get it in your inbox, in your email. That's what I'm going for. So right. um, a week from this Wednesday, we have a big night coming up. What is it, sweetie? A week from this Wednesday is The Mask You Live In at York Theater in Elmhurst. It's May 11th. Um, you get your tickets at kathycadams.com or what, what month is it, sweetie? March. What did I say? May. Did I really? Yeah. March. I must be. I must have spring on my brain. March Spr- Spring 11th. has not yet sprung. No, it's not really even close. But anyway, so next Wednesday, March 11th. So if you haven't gotten your tickets, get them. It's time. We, well, we've basically filled a theater 
so we're trying to get a bigger theater. We're now. trying to get a bigger theater, but if you didn't get your tickets and we end up staying in the other theater, then you're out of luck. That's right. So just get them. That's right. Get them. Get them. Get them. So um, we're gonna have maybe one listener's question, maybe two. I'm not sure yet. And we're gonna talk about uh, this thing, mindset. This book. This book. But before we get into the book, I want to talk about our first partner, Cairo Tree. Um, dot com is a website for Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Uh, Dr. Kelly runs an amazing practice, and her phone number is 630-941-8733. Great. All right, so what is this uh, book about, sweetie? So this book called Mindset is written by a Stanford psychologist named Carol Dweck, and basically she was trying to figure out a way to explain um, achievement and success so we could understand how we all kind of approach it in a different way. And I and I found it really interesting, number one, because it's become somewhat of a popular book in the, in our arena. When was it written? Um, let me see. I've only just been seeing it lately, 2006. Okay, so it's about nine years old. Yeah. Now, I wonder why now. Isn't that interesting? If not now, when, sweetie? If not us, then who? If not where, then where? If not what then why so (laughs) i don't know why this book has kind of made a resurgence but maybe it's just because what she writes about is meaningful more so now or maybe it was just as popular then but in my world of work this is kind of uh it's caught on it's caught on i'm seeing it everywhere people are talking about it i've been noticing noticing that she's been speaking in a lot of places and actually interesting I think it's Sandberg, where our daughter goes to school. They are doing a book club about this. Not the kids, right. but the parents. Mm. So it's just become somewhat popular. So but it's called Mindset. It's called Mindset. So what she talks about, her research, is that she was able to kind of boil down two different mindsets. And, and I, I said to Todd as I started reading it, I always struggle with definitive, like, okay, you're either this or you're that, because there's so much gray. It's like, you're not just an introvert or an extrovert. You're a little of both, you know, but you may be on the spectrum closer to one or the other. Everybody's on the spectrum. Right. So I'm going to, you know, kind of explain this, but at the same time, you may find yourself in both areas. But she talks about a fixed mindset, which is that people believe that the qualities they have or the intelligence they have, or the traits that they have, or their talent is fixed. Okay, It's something that you either have or you don't. And now I used to think about this. I used to be a much much more fixed mindset person when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Because didn't you, when you were a kid, you just thought, oh, that person's a good dancer, I'm not. Yes. Or that person's a good singer, I'm not. That person's smart, I'm not. So you just assumed that everybody had fixed traits, Mm -hmm. right? So Um, More so. I mean, there's always um, an idea. I realize now why I can't hear it because I have my hat on. My Zen ah. parenting hat is so thick. And warm and and cuddly. And warm. And they're they're flying off the shelves. (laughs) Hold on. I'm taking it off. Okay. Oh, there you are, sweetie. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always remember seeing, like, a kid who's really good at basketball. I'm like, well, I don't think I'll ever be as good as him because right. he's taller than me and he's quicker than me and everything else. So, yeah, I think I would agree with that. And that a fixed mindset about people's talents and abilities, you can see how naturally that becomes a viewpoint on the world. Yes. That things just are. Yeah. Like you know what I those mean? people in that country are bad. Yes. How you can see how that can start to – well, so a growth mindset, which is the 
other mindset that you can have is that people believe that their abilities can be developed through hard work and that brains and talent are just the starting point. I call okay? that the practice makes perfect attitude. Yeah, or just the whole mindset that we all are capable. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult, I this growth mindset is really all I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I'm always growth-minded, meaning I think sometimes I look at things and go, oh, that person can do that, but I can't. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just a natural, like, sometimes self-depreciating thing that we all do. Right. But the truth is, the more I learn about the brain, and, you know, as we've discussed on the show, the neuroplasticity of the brain and how the brain is put together, it's, we now know research-wise and science-wise that we're all capable right. of so much more. Right. Then we allow ourselves to think. Well, I'm reading that Dan Siegel book. I don't know what it's called. It's got the word mind in Mindsight. it. Mindsight. Mindsight. Well, interesting because this is Mindset, yeah. S-E-T, and you're reading Mindsight. Yeah, so there's a lot of mind books going on in our household And the right interpersonal... Now. The interpersonal... What is it called? My uh, book that I'm reading? Oh, yeah. You got a really long... Oh, my God. Interpersonal Guide to Neurobiology or yes, something? something like it's that. It's awesome. So in this uh, mind... Sight book. Mm. Uh, he no. Oh, mind sight. Yes, Dan reading, Siegel. Yes. Uh, he talks about um, these case studies. He's a really smart author and psychologist. He's a researcher. A researcher, but he also Brain has clients. Science. Yeah. And uh, he helps people with their problems. And he had this 92-year-old man come in, mm -hmm. who I actually identified with quite a bit because he had a hard time uh, under releasing emotion or even being aware of what his emotions were Interesting. and all that. And he came in completely shut down and through the work with Dr. Siegel for, I don't know, a year or two years, he completely changed. Hmm. So old dog, new tricks, 92. actually that can happen. Old dog, new tricks can in fact happen. Well, and as you guys may have heard before, the real definition, or at least the definition that I've taken in, um, is of a miracle is just a change in perception. A miracle in my definition is not something that, you know, poof, something magical happens. It is everything changes because your perception changes about something. Right. And again, I did not create that. That is from A Course in Miracles or that is from Marianne Williamson who rewrote about The Course in Miracles. You know, the whole idea that uh, shifting how you look at something changes everything. So let's talk about how a child who believes that traits are fixed, how they're going to per perceive themselves, how they're going to perceive learning, how they're going to perceive like achieving a dream that they have. Right. If, you know, like you talked about a basketball player, mm -hmm. isn't there a really famous basketball player that's really short? Spud Webb, back in the old days, he used yeah, to be able to throw down. Um, he was like five foot whatever, and he would like win dunk contests against these really awesome big guys. But he's, but it's not recent. I felt like no, there was a... No, it's not recent. Oh, sorry. I felt like there was a, a recent basketball player that wasn't as tall as everybody else. Maybe not short, but not like There's in that always crazy... some guys on the short. Um, you know, our guy, Allen Iverson, was extremely short. You remember who Allen Iverson is? Yeah, he don't talked you? about practice. Um, We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, not a, game. a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? As silly as that statement is, well, that guy was really, really good. He was really good. And maybe at first sight, someone would say you can't be a basketball player. This is a fixed mindset because you're you're, you know, not a certain height. You don't measure up to everybody else. You might be thinking of the best soccer player in the world. He's I don't I, the soccer fans will be able to make fun of me for it. But I forget what country he's from. God, what's his name? And he's tiny. And he is by far better than all these other guys that are much 
larger than him. And so this is the case with football players, too. Who's the football player who's kind of small? I don't know. I think We can't bring up anyone's name. We're like, that guy. It's safe to say that there are these examples. Exactly. They're in. By the way, you want to know what Marianne Williamson's definition of miracle is? What? It's a shift in perception from fear to love. Um, that's it. I thought it was longer than that, but it's not. Well, so kind of like what I was saying is that if you view the world through a fixed mindset, which is things are just the way they are, they're, you can't change them, who I am is you know stuck, um, I can't learn new things, or, or if it's not even just about you, you look at other people and you say they can't learn new things, right. um, then your view of the world is going to be rather fear-ridden, right. don't you think? Yes. Be, but love is the possibility for anything, mm-hmm. you know, endless possibilities in that when I say this, it doesn't mean that, you know, the whole thing that you go in and you try and change people. Because there is one thing that I do believe is, quote unquote, fixed, is people come in a certain way with a certain mission, a certain dream, maybe a certain personality. And there is an essence to them that is exactly who they're supposed to be. Because we always talk about being yourself. What I'm talking about here is more brain activity, Mm -hmm. which is we have the ability to learn new things all the time and that you could maybe have come into the world not having access to, you know, there are certain things that you may not perceive yourself to be good at or maybe no one's told you you're good at something. But if you learn and read or work hard or practice, the possibilities are endless. Mm. And again, I, I want us to understand how much this can impact the way we parent the way that our children see themselves, the way that we view the world. If we, the, the best example in the book, and it's at the very beginning, I'm actually, I still have um, some to go in this book, so I'm not even completely done, but I love this example of at the beginning, they brought in all these kids and they had them work on puzzles. And they would give them easy puzzles initially, and then they would give them harder and harder puzzles. And children who ended up being uh, categorized as more of a fixed mindset, they'd get to a certain point and they'd say, I just can't do this. This is too hard. I'm going to go back and do the easier ones. The kid who had more of a growth mindset, who thought anything is possible, and here's the important thing about a growth mindset. You believe the intention of being here is to learn. Okay. You, You think that... Everything is about learning something new rather than reaching a final destination. So, but didn't they do something in the study to kind of manipulate their attitude towards the experiment? Like, didn't they start some puzzles like harder, easier? I thought there was some other I don't think so. I think you might, there might be another thing that you're mixing in there, like the marshmallow test or something. Could be. Um, But so they would bring in kids, the kids who ended up being uh, thought of as having a growth mindset, when they would get a difficult puzzle in front of them, she talks about one kid specifically who started rubbing his hands together mm-hmm. and getting excited. Right. Like, ooh, I'm going to take this on and see where it takes me. Right. Challenge. He met it as he a challenge. He met it as a challenge. Okay. And, that, and the thing is, is when we meet things as a challenge, we we kind of think we're in it alone. Like we can't ask for help. Of course you can ask for help. The kid asked for help. Right. You know, well, could I do this? Could I do this? You, you, inst- you get other people to help you in the process. You, you know, figure out other ways of doing it. Maybe you take a break, mm-hmm. but instead of giving up and saying, I don't have the capacity right. to do this, you say, how could I figure this out? Right. It's the Thomas Edison in all of us. Yes. You know, he, Figured out a thousand ways of how not to do something until finally he figured out the way to do something. Or like, remember, we watched, we had family movie night last night. We watched Big Hero 6, which is really cute, by the way. Very good. Especially that 
Beta. Bay, Baymax. Baymax. He's pretty darn cute, man. He's a really good character for uh, emotional awareness. Um, but one of the things, his, the hero, his brother, who made Baymax, he has the, there's this part of the movie where you see how long it took him to make Baymax and that he had like how many like 87 right. tries right. where it didn't work you know it wouldn't work it wouldn't work he'd say okay I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna do it again and that's a growth mindset right. that's I know it's in there somewhere I just haven't found it yet right and so if we could understand and again many of us have a fixed mindset because of what you brought up before we're just afraid you know, we're just afraid. If I do try and I don't figure out figure it out, what does that mean about me? Mm-hmm. And so really we're afraid of failure. Right. And we're afraid of being perceived as a failure. When really, this is, you know, we've talked about this so much on this show. What is a failure but just a, a detour or another path to get to where you need to go? Really? You know, it, there, what what else is a failure? Right. Yeah, I mean, you failure look at, isn't an end. Well, I think a lot of people look at failures as um, this is how this is my catalyst or the way it propels me to give up. Like, right, I failed. Uh, it didn't work out. I'm going to go try something else. Right. Which, but wait a second. Going and trying something else is okay. But failure, what I perceive failure is when someone's in a fixed mindset they, is I give up. Right. They quit. They quit. Right. Right. Or this wasn't for me. My aunt asks. We were at school all day. Got it. We jumped out a window. No, but the quiet. Shh, we jumped out a window. So, so when it comes to things like failure, it's really, you know, asking us how resilient are we, well, and, right? And how do we, um, how do we take this message that we're trying to build or, right. or explain into our parenting. Well, I think the idea is is how do we talk to our kids about what we perceive they can and can't do. Right. Instead of saying we all of us go around saying things like I'm not good at math. Right. Math may Sweetie, speak for yourself by the way. <laughs> well, and I find myself still doing that kind of stuff and I really catch myself and I'll I may say something to the effect of it's not that you have to lie and say I'm great at everything. It's not that's that's just as false as when the other. When you say I'm not good at math, there's a completion to that sentence. Yes. Or you instead you could say I sometimes I struggle with math concepts. Or I have to work a little harder at math. Right. Because if you say I'm not good at math, that is teaching our kids that you it's okay for you to say you're not good at something and then it's definitive and there's no reason to ever look at it again because you've already decided for yourself I'm not good at this. It's a fixed mindset. I'm I'm not good at it and therefore I can't do it. And we all know that we all had certain teachers in our life who made something understandable and fun. Like, you know, I had a physics teacher that was so fun that made physics interesting to me. I had, um, but then I maybe had an algebra teacher that made algebra seem impossible. But if I would have had an algebra teacher that actually took, you know, made it a little more understandable or maybe spoke the language that resonated with me, right. because I'm in not, I'm not saying my algebra teacher was bad. Right. Because there may have been kids in that class who totally followed right. because they they learned the way that he spoke, right. but I didn't get it. So my point is, is that I'm not inherently bad at algebra. I just never really learned how to do it very well, right. just based on either what, how it was being taught or the effort I put in or my belief systems about myself. Right. So really, in answer to your question, Todd, how does this book or how does this understanding help our parenting? Our belief systems is what dictate our outcomes. Our, beli- our belief systems dictate how we perceive things. 
the reason we say that's impossible is because we have a belief system about ourselves that we're, not that we're incapable. Right. That we are completely incapable. Right. And it's not a – it's bigger than just saying, well, I dream that I can – it's not like the secret. It's not just the law of attraction. I dream I can be this so I can be it. you got to work hard. Mm-hmm. you got to put in the effort and you got to be willing to fail right. and take risks. But if you believe – and here's the great part. Sometimes you're going after one dream, right. which could be – Anything like I'm going to do the best I can in algebra. Let's mm. just stay, you know, keep it really. I'm going to do the best I can in algebra, and algebra never really works out for you really well. But it sets this baseline for geometry, right? And you realize you love geometry. Right. Do you see what I mean? I do. So it's very similar to the let go of the outcome. Mm-hmm. You're. It's not. I. It's not all about my only. My only. Uh, destination here is to get an A. It's bigger than that. What's that uh, Rumi quote? Um, trade in something and embrace For something. awe. Yeah, trade in certainty, certainty. and invite awe or Absolutely. something like that. Because that's it. Like, you know, let's look at something through a lens of possibility rather than this is the way it always is. This is the way people are. It, as I've said on this show before, what drives me crazy is when people tell me, quote unquote, how things are. This is how you do it. This is, this is, is how is. people are. This is the way it is. And really all they're telling me is their own movie. Mm-hmm. They're just telling me the way they perceive the world. Mm-hmm. So now if they said something that resonated with me, then I'd be like, oh, maybe that does work for me too. Like I'm not against listening to other people or taking people's advice or reading other people's books. But if something doesn't resonate, then maybe that doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And you can go look a different way. So I guess, again, going back to parenting, let's not tell our kids like, well, you're a good athlete, so that's where you should be and, right. and you should just focus there. You're not a good student or you you are a good student and you're, you suck at other things. And so just focus here. Like anything is possible. Well, um, there's a few things. Um, if we, first of all, it starts with role modeling. Of like course. if you, as you, Kathy say to your kids every day, oh, I stink at math or I'm no good at math. They're going to be more likely to say a similar thing, whether it's about math or English or basketball right. or music or whatever. They will inherit, in, inherit, inherit your belief system. Right. Exactly. And there was another point I was going to make, but I don't remember what it was, so it wasn't that good. Well, I'm not. I'm not good at remembering second points, sweetie, <laughs> because the first point is just so yes, grand, right? But see, that's so true. What you just said is that we, you know, it's that living what you want your kids to learn thing again. If you have a fixed mindset about yourself mm-hmm. or other people, your children are going to inherit that, right. and it's one of those things that it shows up in different ways. If they start to believe certain people are a certain way, they will start to believe themselves a certain way. They will become fixed in the way they view the world but if they view the world that the whole intention is to learn and grow well and the most obvious example of this is um women talking to their daughters about their own bodies how they're always dieting or they're uh, they're not happy with a certain part of their body you're you and then and then that same mom will say but you're beautiful (laughs) right and they're not listening to the second part they're only listening to the first part right so that's just another they are learning by watching how you relate to yourself right so they're not hearing the words of now i suck Mm -hmm. but you're beautiful right what they're hearing is if you suck i must suck right exactly you know so we really are passing that along. And so the growth mindset, and, and like I said, I, at the beginning of this conversation, I cop to the fact that there are sometimes things that I, like I said, that I will say, I'm good at this, I'm not good at this. When really the truth is, if I focused my energy mm-hmm. on something and said, I would really like to learn this, like we were just joking around about my interpersonal neurobiology book. Right. I, 
five years ago would have been like, oh, no, I don't want to know about the brain. Right. I love the brain now. Mm -hmm. I want to know everything about the brain. And my ability to learn the brain is based on my desire to do it, not on my IQ points that someone may perceive as high or low. Right. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And, you know, we've spent a lot of our resources reading books about, um, I don't know, spirituality, non mathematical, non-brain, non-research thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, you know, both yours and my new interest in how the brain works is kind of organic. And it's because we want to be able to explain it both ways. Right. If not, and not just to you guys, but to ourselves, right. because what's happening is science has caught up with ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. So while I've been, we have been learning about ancient wisdom for so many years and it's felt right and it's, it's felt exactly where we're supposed to be. Now we have all this research to say, yeah, this ancient wisdom is right on target, and let me tell you why. So that has become my, you know, our huge desire. And then then someday it might be something else. Yeah, we'll move on to the next thing. And that's the other thing about life, you guys, is a fixed mindset is somebody who says – Um, When they're little, someone told me I'll make money if I become an accountant. I'm going to go to school to become an accountant. I'm going to be an accountant because I said I'd be an accountant. And then all of a sudden you say, but that's just what I am. I'm an accountant. There's nothing else. And again, I'm using accounting, and that's not nice because many people love accounting. Yeah, back off, man. I know. And for those of you who love accounting, disregard and put something else in the place. But a fixed mindset would be (laughs) – back up, back up, back up, back up. A fixed mindset would be that there's nothing else I can do. I know the uh, Rumi quote. Let's hear it. Sell your cleverness and buy bewilderment. Not lovely. So instead of your cleverness being your definitive answer on whether or not you're good or bad at something, buy bewilderment. Invite yourself to look at the challenge without having a predefined notion of whether or not you think this comes easy or difficult to you. Yeah. Take, you know what mindfulness is? Mm. Watching your thoughts without judgment. Right. So can you do that in everyday situations? Watch your thoughts without judgment. Thoughts will come in and you may say things like, oh, that's hard or I'm not good at that. But you watch them and you don't, you don't take that as a truth and you don't judge yourself for feeling that way. You just give it a go. Right. And it may not feel right. And then you move on to something else. But the whole idea, like especially kids in school, is we want them to feel like their capacity for learning is – immense it's it's limitless Mm -hmm. their capacity for learning and that we don't want to shut them down to certain you know like i had somebody ask me this weekend at a presentation you know what do i do if my child um you know is in this certain class and the teacher isn't good you know and my daughter thinks this thing is dumb and stupid how do i deal with this don't you know shouldn't i have her tell the teacher or shouldn't i get involved and the truth is just chalk it up as a life experience this teacher bad things happen but because your math teacher your kid's math teacher from fourth grade happens to be on the not so good now if she's wake if she's showing up hungover and sleeping that's one thing on the spectrum but if she's just normally bad whatever that means then chalk it up to a light because it's one grade right and it's one class it's one class and so you know because i i know myself i don't know but i get annoyed at parents trying to put their kid in the absolute best situation 
all the time, and it's just not realistic. Because there is something to learn from being in a class with a difficult teacher. Right. How am I going to manage this? How am I going to manage myself? How am I going to manage the way I perceive myself in this class? How am I going to be compassionate toward this teacher? There is just as much learning going on right. in that experience. Or maybe you realize um, in that when you when your child has that bad fourth grade math teacher they seek out other help. Maybe they get on Khan Academy yes. or they there's a tutor somewhere that all of a sudden that becomes a direction in their life that they, they never would have been on in the first place exactly. had they not had a bad, had a bad fourth a grade math teacher. A negative experience. Right. right. And again, that fourth grade math teacher may be great for other kids. Yeah. And so a lot of times we rush in there and say, teacher, you need to change everything for my kid. And that teacher's trying kid. to teach 28 kids at the exactly. same time. And like Todd said, on the spectrum, you know, if there's a teacher who's harmful or whatever, of course you should say something, but we're way too quick to rush in and save a situation when really it's a learning experience. I, you know, I remember my first job and that was exactly what my mom said to me. I had a really tough boss. She wasn't very nice. And I remember coming home and complaining and my mom said, well, this is a great way to start because if you have a tough boss and you can learn how to manage it, you're way ahead of the game. And manage it means how are you going to how are you going to interact with that? Mm-hmm. How are you going to move within that? Are you going to allow that to dictate how you feel about yourself? Right. Or are you going to figure out ways to get through this? Um, I kind of want to read that quote that sure, we talked about. I love it. Um, but before they, before I do that, our second partner is Dr. John Kelly. He is does com- comprehensive dentistry for all three of our kids. Uh, he's on the northwest side of Chicago. Very good at what he does. 773-631-6844. His website is chicagodentistonline.com. So this came from a buddy of mine. I just finished my uh, men's retreat this weekend, and uh, this was something that he talked about, and he just emailed it to me. It's from a book called Invisible Monsters. You ever heard of it? I haven't. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's a fiction novel. Oh, nice. But it's interesting just about how you kind of decide something, and then you let it become who you are. Mm. All right? So this is the quote. You are going to tell me your story like you just did. Write it all down. Tell that story over and over. Tell me your sad blank story all night. That Brandy Queen points a long bony finger at me. When you understand, Brandy says, that what you're telling is just a story. It isn't happening anymore. When you realize the story you're telling is just words, when you can just crumble it up and throw throw your past into the trash can then we'll figure out who you're going to be. Mm, I like that. It took a while to get there. I probably should have cut out the first sentence or two. But the bottom line is we all have these stories. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at math. It's just a story. Mm -hmm. And what what this author is saying, write it down and then throw it away because... Start again. your, Your story is all about past. Exactly. Readdress it with a fresh set of eyes. If sun rises every morning, look at it. Look at who you are a little bit differently. Maybe you let go of your attachment to you being bad at math. Right. And all of a sudden, maybe you suck at fractions, but you love geometry or whatever it is. Maybe that the the difficulty at fractions takes you into another area that you wouldn't have known. See, the thing that I want to make sure that, that we say about this book and this understanding is it doesn't mean you hammer, hammer, hammer away until you become perfect at something. It means you learn and you grow and you allow and you shift. It means you move with it rather than against it. And again, that may be too jarring to understand but just instead of make up a story 
like Todd just said about what you are and what you aren't, just see what can, see what happens. Like you know, I love these stories. Emma Stone is on Broadway right now doing a cabaret. She took Michelle Williams' spot, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, my whole life I always wanted to be Sally Bowles. I always wanted to be this. That's the lady from Cabaret. Yeah, she's the lead. I always wanted to be that, and I thought there's just no way I could be that because it's a really like high profile. Right. The musical's been around forever, and you know, Liza Minnelli was like you know Sally Bowles, and she won Academy and a Tony for it. So do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, but she's big like, shoes to fill. big shoes to fill. But she's like, you know, first of all, it's a lesson about going with your fear mm-hmm. and saying, if that's something I really want, I'm just going to jump in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's also about recognizing that you don't know what you can do until you do it. Right. You don't know what your capabilities are. You prepare, you practice, you read, you study, you do whatever you need to do. But then sometimes you just got to jump in and give it a try. My uh, my example of that is one of the men on my uh, retreat this weekend that I facilitated. He signed up for the retreat before he ever met any of us. I love that. So he, his name is Kevin. I think uh-huh. he'd be fine with me saying it. He just kind of said, I feel drawn to this. I don't know why, but I think it's a good thing. And he just did it. And we were in admiration of him because most of us kind of knew each other. So anyways, that's just another example. Exactly. Like, so there's so many messages in having a growth mindset, which is, you know, you're going to feel fear. We all do. Anytime I try something new, I feel fear. But I'm starting to kind of enjoy that process of like when I get kind of afraid, I get kind of exhilarated. Like, what is this? And then there's also the understanding that it may not work out the way you thought it was like you know emma stone could she actually did cabaret she's getting good reviews but she could have gone out there and not done well but that then doesn't mean she's a bad actress or bad at what she does that just didn't work out and then she's got to go in another direction i'm going to say my words of wisdom now instead of at the end of the show sweetie life gives you lemons you make lemonade you make lemonade skylar just said that in the car today she's smart I know. That's very interesting. She just said that in the car. I said, where'd you hear that? She's like, I don't know. Probably from her dad, who's awesome. I know. Because, you know, no one's ever said that before. I made that up. You'd made that up? Um, No. If life gives you limes. Make limeade. What if people, what if life gives you apples? Make apple sauce. Juice. Juice. Or sauce. Um, Can we uh, answer a listener's question? Yes, go ahead. I'm done. So... So wait, can I, as you're getting it together, yeah, go ahead. the book, because we only like touched on the surface of this book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, How We Can Learn to Fulfill Our Potential by Carol Dweck. Um, before I do the listener's question, uh, we're doing that thing where um, people call in to our voice message thing on our website and they give an example of how their uh, partner has their back. Oh, okay. So we, we have an example. It's from Hunter. Hunter partnered up with us, and she has something coming up. We'll put in the show notes. She has a a class of some sort coming up, so if you're interested at all, I'll put that in the show notes. But here's Hunter talking about her partner. Hi, Todd and Kathy. It's Hunter from uh, Delaware, and I wanted to tell you about my husband, Bill. He's amazing. Um, From the beginning with our children, he never let me be the sole parent. He, Even though I was staying home with the kids more, he always um, carried them in the baby carriers and made the meals and and as support also he has supported me in all of my ventures. He's supported me in my yoga business. He's supported me in my art and all these things. And um, he supports my art. He supports my biz. He supports our family. He probably makes more of the meals in the house than I do and is a real calming, peaceful presence for everyone. And I'm just so grateful for him. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 
Beautiful. What's his name? Did she say? I no. listened very intently. Did I, she say? I, I don't know. Well, let me say what I want to I think focus his name on. is Hunter's husband. Hunter's husband. He. What I loved is what she said at the end. He's a very calming presence. Yeah. What's a better gift that you can give your family than being a calming presence? Because it's not about the doing and let me let me show you all the productive things I've done and how I've done the laundry, but what kind of energy you bring into the house. Because... Sometimes there's people who walk through the door who, as soon as they walk through the door, <laughs> the energy just sours. Yeah, we know people yeah. in our lives that yeah. are like that. Well, it like, you know, everything is so, it just sours. And and sometimes we all have days like that. Right. You know what I mean? Where like... Um, yeah, leave the room for a bad day, but if they're, that but if person is... Constantly, right. you know. And so it's like, what what better can we do than to work on ourselves, because mm-hmm. it starts with ourselves, so we can come home and be a calming presence to the ones we love most. I don't think there's a better gift than that. Yeah, I neither. think that's that's bigger than. So thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Hunter. Great. And for those of you who wanna, you know, we just try to do kind of like some positive affirmations because there's so many people complaining about badness. We want to balance that out, especially when it comes to marriage. Goodness. A yeah. lot of times we're focusing on what we're not getting, right? And instead of recognizing what our partner is doing well. So here's the question. Uh, My seven-year-old has so much trouble making decisions. He has anxiety and really fits. Uh, He has anxiety and he doesn't trust himself or me to make any choices. I feel like he misses out on so much because he just doesn't trust. Do you have any thoughts on helping him gain trust? Thanks. Hmm. Well, there's not a lot of details there, but... Very, it's, very... Um, it's general. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting because it's kind of connected to the what we talked about today about having a fixed mindset mm-hmm. is lack of trust is just basically making an assumption that things are going to go bad. Mm-hmm. And that's a fixed mindset. Like, I'm not even going to try because I'm just going to assume and I'm going to play the odds in my head that it's going to go bad. So I think that one of the things we can do with children is let them know that regardless of what the outcome is, it's going to be okay. Because it will be. It will be. And what do I mean by it's going to be okay is that you will – I always joke with uh, my middle daughter about this because she probably worries more about grades and stuff. I'll joke and I'll say, well – if this happens, then you'll have to sleep in the garage. Right. But other than that, right. and you know, we'll have a laugh. And then I'll say, listen, regardless of what happens, this will always be your room. This will be your home. I will be with you. Your dad will be with you. We will love you. Your sisters will love you. You will have Pink Bear. You will have all these things. I said, your life d- will not change. The essence of the, those things about you will not change. Right. And so you can weather it. Yeah. You can handle it. Yeah. And we'll be there to support you. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, Things don't work out many times. Completely. One might even say more often than not, things right. don't work out. Uh, but it it can be a launching point for something else. Like right. you get a bad spelling grade on a test, it might propel you to tr- try studying in a different way. Whatever. I don't know. That was just going to say that because one of the things that one of my daughters found is that rewriting the words didn't help her. But what helped her? Moving yeah. as she spelled. You know, she would spell and like punch her arms out and be like, hey. And she learned that she could integrate it that way. So sometimes you have to have a quote-unquote failure. I'm not doing well on spelling to figure out how to do well. But we can't have a fixed mindset of only the only way you can practice words is by writing them over and over again. There are many ways. What's interesting about this, and I didn't plan to talk about this, but what is weird is we have never put pressure on our kids for grades. Mm -mm. We 
make sure they do their homework. We've talked about this on our show so many times, so we're not going to rehash that. But it is weird how one of our kids really is all jacked up on how well she does at school, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't come from us. And it's just, I say that out loud because sometimes kids just, by their nature of who they are, where they were born, they just put more pressure on certain parts of who they are without us influencing that attitude. And I'm surprised by it. I'm like, why is she so jacked up on this? We don't care about it, but she does. But let me give you kind of a different way to look at it. This daughter that you're referring to, she's not jacked up about I have to get all A's. What she's jacked up about is I need to be prepared, which I think is more of her character rather than an end result. Because She She definitely worries about being prepared. Yes, and so she doesn't like to go in with that feeling. But doesn't she also put pressure on herself to get that good grade? Or do you think the pressure is more about just being ready for it? Well, I think it's a little both. I think, I mean, definitely, there's definitely times when they both like converge. Yeah, you know what I mean? They come together. But I also think that I have never heard her be like, I have to get all A's. Mm-hmm. She right, just needs true. to know that she showed up and did exactly what was expected of her. And so she does have a little more of, but see, this is where Todd and I always go back and forth with her is that's not something I want to knock out of her. Mm -hmm. What I want to do is soften the edges of it. I want her to understand that even, I want her to be prepared and I want her to feel prepared and that's within her own response. She can do that herself, but I also want her to understand that the outcome does not dictate who she is. And so that's kind of the softening of the edges. But you're right. That's definitely her. That's who she came in as. Yeah, that she, she, Showed yeah. up that way. Yes, yes. If it, you know. So going back to this question, because we sure. got tangential, I think to let your son know that the outcome does not dictate who he is. Right. That no matter what happens, because the lack of trust is who will I be if I fail here? Right. Who will I be if people laugh at me? Who will I be if this doesn't work out the way I think? And the message that they need to understand all of our children is you will still be exactly the same. Right. And you may be better for it yeah. because you actually may learn something and you will you will grow stronger and learn to tolerate things that are without that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to do another question, but I'm going to basically speed through it because it was a question about screen time and how to modify your kids screen time behavior. But we did a show on this, so okay. I don't think we need to rehash it. But. Uh, the name of the show we did was called iPad, Throwing Snowballs at Cars and Roadhouse. <laughs> it was our 115th show, so it was in our Pain second year. Pain don't hurt. Pain don't hurt. Uh, so it's zenparentingradio.com slash 115-2. So if you um, – I, I don't know if I have permission to say this lady's name, so I won't. But if you're interested or anybody else might be interested in our perspective on screen time. And what, what's her question? She just wants to know how to limit it? Uh, yeah. how I truly believe our kids would keep their eyes stuck to a screen every waking hour, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. I, can I say one quick thing? Sure. Is that I think the more that we give our kids um, the ability to make their own choices around screen time, the better things will be. It doesn't make it perfect, but I think if we can decide – you get an hour of screen time every day, but you get to decide when you have it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to trust you to monitor it. Now, when you say I'm going to trust you, it doesn't mean you don't watch it and ask mm-hmm. questions and say, have mm-hmm. you started your timer and you know, or how long have you had today? You still need to be kind of like a support system in that. But I think if you try and control all of their screen time, mm-hmm. you're going to bang your head up against a wall. Got it. I think we have to give our children some choices in there to make them feel like they have a little more control. Because I'll tell you something, 
I come, I used to come home from school and I was so full of social anxiety, you know, not anxiety, but social that, you know, I've been socializing all day. I had been working all day. I'd been on the spot all day in classes to sit and watch one of those really bad, you know, cartoons. What were the, what's that Billy guy? That Billy goat guy? Billy goat, 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 goat. To sit and watch those repetitive cartoons was so relaxing. Now I didn't do it for hours, but I would watch one or two of them and that's what I needed, you know? And so for a kid to have that choice of, I need to, you know, I get 30 minutes, so I'm going to choose it now. I think you will keep yourself from banging your head against a wall and, and you may find. <laughs> Why, hello, Billy. Hello, Billy. Hey, what do y'all know? Oh, Billy's back. <laughs> Doggone. Sure did miss you, Billy boy. Been terrible nice seeing you. Downright shame you gotta be rushing off again, 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 again. Billy, go, 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 Billy's go, go. back. So, you know, we watched a lot of repetitious TV, man. Didn't we? We did, and it was good. Yeah, we watched it over and over. I saw, I've probably seen that cartoon. We just watched that with our daughter for some reason last week. <laughs> they and think it's I've hilarious. seen that cartoon in. A thousand times. I know. So great. Skyler's like, he eats the moon. And I think his name, what is that guy's name? I don't know. Is he a wolf? He's a wolf. I think he's wolf. He's a wolf. I think they just call him the wolf. I know. So anyways. So anyway, that would be one thing of many. But yeah, listen to that other show. Our last partner is Jeremy Kraft. Avid Company is his business. Painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. His email address is avidco.net. His number is 630-956-1800. And he's a bald Headed beauty. Um, one quick tournament of bad, sweetie. Uh huh. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Um, whatever food I was looking at last week, uh-huh. it said uh, no sugar added, artificially sweetened. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. You know what? I think that there's been so because my brain will say, "Oh, no sugar added," and I'll get it. And then I looked at it again while I'm eating it on my kitchen counter. And it said artificially sweetened. I'm like, well, what happened? <laughs> I thought there was no sugar added. I think that words have become loopholes. Totally. I Just... think that they become experts at saying what they can say without getting in trouble, but it means something opposite of what it says. Because what it's become is percentages. Like you can put natural on something if 20% of it is natural. Right. So the truth is, is there's 80% that isn't natural. And again, for those of you who are listening who are dietitians, that statistic may not be exactly right, but it's something to that effect, that it's all percentages. Um, and so we're kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of at the mercy of people who market our um, we are our food because we really don't know. Speaking of marketing, sweetie, do you want to market anything? My books, uh, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, Self-Aware Parent, Self-Aware Parent 2, and this movie. That's right. Mask You Living. And I will say thank you very much for um, sharing our show. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for giving us iTunes reviews, uh, even using our Amazon link that we yes. have on our webpage. Thank you. So thank you for all that. And any words of wisdom, sweetie? Um, keep an open mind. Anything's possible. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to connect it to the book, the mindset book. Anything is possible. Stop it. I'll say keep trucking. All right. Adios.